Nudson. Mr. Turski, what's going on? This is Two Guys Talking Golf. Welcome back to another week, brother. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little uh, a little exhausted today. I had a rough trip back from the from the Travelers Championship in <laughs> wonderful Cromwell, Connecticut. We had yeah. a uh, we had a flight cancellation issue out of JFK. Uh. I was flying out of JFK, so it was already rough getting down there. Traffic going into into JFK. I don't know if any of our listeners are privy to the the East Coast New York <laughs> traffic, but it's not great. So I had a rough little drive down there from the event. Flight cancellation took a while to rebook, and the best flight out was an overnight layover in Reno. So. <laughs> It's really not the yeah. ideal situation you're looking for, trying to get back home. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't think people really look to spend a night in Reno Airport before heading no, home no. after flying from the East Coast. I just don't think that's an itinerary most people want. No, it's, <laughs> and it could be fun because they do have like slot machines and stuff in the airport, and every single one of them was out of service. So I got to have no fun. What? Yeah, every single one. Every single one of them. Whole airport. They out just of knew you were coming. They just knew you were coming. They're like, shut it down, boys. We're going to make this as miserable as we can. That's the type of night it was. Boy. But uh, you you played golf today. You had your nine-hole league. Do you have any I, updates to I share? I did. Uh, I didn't play well. Um, yep, that makes sense. I shot a 40. I shot a, I shot a 42, and uh, it was just uh, it was interesting. I played a guy. Uh, I had to give him six strokes on nine holes. I beat him by one, gross. Mm. So I lost mm-hmm. by five, and uh, sandbagging. Yeah, and uh, it was it was it was a rough go, man. It was a rough. Go. I did hit, I hit a couple good shots that I was pretty happy with. I put myself in some pretty poor positions uh, that I got myself out of, and uh, and I hit a couple uh, couple solid shots. But other than that, it was just one of those grinding days, man, where you're just trying to get the ball in the hole, you know, in just any way possible. So just a couple to but, keep uh, coming back. So we'll That's get right. into. So, but I did. Uh, um, oh, do you have more to more to report? I was going to transition off it, but no, I was, I'll let you have your post game. I was I, I was going to maybe just. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know it was it was tough out there. Uh, the greens were were firm, uh, and uh, no, it was. Uh, I, I do say I, I did. Uh, I know that there may be. I, I think there was some rumblings of maybe some new equipment. Uh, something might have happened this week. I don't know. And uh, I did hit two of the good shots that I hit with maybe a brand new piece of equipment. Okay, so I guess you're going to so save that until a... until the topic at hand. You got yes, two options. There were two but, two big equipment launches this week, so I don't know which one. You haven't told me yet, but <laughs> so there were there were two big equipment launches, and then obviously some big general golf news. And then me and Greg were out at the yep. Travelers Championship taking some what's in the bag photos and we'll definitely get into some equipment on the back end but we got to start with unfortunately this is like a running segment but obviously Brooks Kepka <laughs> going to live is a pretty big deal especially after all yeah. these press conferences where he was like what are you guys talking about you're idiots I haven't thought about that it's like like two days later he's committing to the to the live tour and the Liv announced it like during Jay Monahan's press conference, talking about new uh, PGA Tour shakeup. So 
what are, what are some of the thoughts about all that, all that shenanigans? You know, the Brooks Kepka thing, I'm, I'm, I'm not really shocked. Uh, and, and reason being, which I think we said it before on, on a previous podcast where we talked about some live stuff. I mean, his brother's over there playing. Mm-hmm. His brother is not as good of a golfer as Brooks is uh, in terms of world ranking, in terms of talent. Um, and there's a very good chance at the end of this year you could look at money made and his brother Chase Kepka could have more money in his pocket than Brooks. Wild. And I know... And I know Kepka's won a bunch of majors, and I thought that may have a little a little stickiness to it that might keep him over the PGA Tour. But I think at the end of the day, he's going to look at it and say, I mean, like all guys are, I can play half the amount of golf, make substantially more money, and right up front without him hitting a tee shot, they're handing me a big old check. And, you know, I, I think for Brooks, he doesn't come across as the guy like Rory who has, like, the fire passion for – being on tour and winning, like I feel like he's a guy who's there to much a little bit like DJ. He's there to make some money, play some golf. I mean, he's a competitive guy, but I think he's there to make some money, and then the accolades, the majors, whatever, come kind of after that. So not not blown away by by Brooks going over there. That that wasn't a huge shocker uh, to me. Yeah, one of the least shocking things I've ever heard. I think Brooks is like on the record as saying he doesn't really even like golf. Like, he's just good at it, and he likes winning. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think him going over there is any shock. Like, my uh, theory on it was as soon as I saw Chase Kepka was over there in the first event, I'm sure Brooks, like, had some sort of deal like, listen, I'm never going over to the Live Tour unless you take uh, Chase over there, you accept him. And Brooks was probably just moving and shaking behind the scenes trying to get as much money as he could and wait until after the U.S. Open, and then, boom, dropped it. Um, yeah, so nothing surprising there. It makes the equipment switches that he made at the U.S. Open a bit more eye-opening, I guess. Like, is he going to be gone from Shrixon? I mean, I know we, we read Shrixon's statement. They were continuing the partnership. Um, I haven't followed up with them since, but I don't know. Are they going to stay on board with him during the live ordeal? I don't know. I guess that all remains to be seen. I think it remains to be seen for a lot of those guys. Like, are the partnerships going to continue or are they not? Um, Abe Anser, another big signing. I think um, rumor was definitely floating around that Colin Morikawa was going to go. And he drew the line pretty firm in the sand that he will not be going and that he's committing to the PGA Tour along with Rory, JT, you know, Basically, all of the top 15 are uh, are committed still to the PGA Tour, as far as I know. Um, now, big shakeups yeah. on the PGA Tour. They're obviously adding a lot of prize money to eight different events throughout the season. Um, <laughs> I know there's a little shakeup on the fall series. Um, what are your kind of thoughts about that? Um, I mean... Yeah, I mean, so to your to your, the first thing you said, uh, and I'll jump into the the um, the events from the PGA Tour. But the sponsors that shift thing is really interesting. I was talking to a, someone from an OEM um, earlier in the week, and he, you know, they kind of mentioned, hey, you know, oh, kind of just about live. And I was like, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, you know, what do these sponsorship deals now? What are they going to be? Because mm-hmm. when you originally signed that deal, whoever you are, DJ Brooks. You know, whoever you want to throw in their fill, the assumption was you're playing on the PGA Tour, which brings a certain amount of visibility. 
you know, whether it's on TV, whether it's, you know, whatever. But there's some time amount of visibility yeah. on television, yeah, on internet, whatever. All this stuff is, I think, built into that of, of how much money you're making. And now you go over to this live tour, there is no TV deal. Everything has to be watched online. I got to believe the views for uh, even a, a, a travelers, a regular PGA Tour event, has to drastically blow out of the water anything Liv is doing online. 10x, um, I'm so, sure. So, yeah, I think those, those – yeah. So I got to think that these sponsorship deals, you know, where you're wearing a brand hat, you know, whatever company it is, all that, are those going to be a little different when those things expire and come out next? Are they going to renegotiate some of this stuff, whatever? Because um, that's a very interesting, you know, coming from the OEM side, uh, you know, or sponsorship side, you know, are you getting your money's worth in this player now? Uh, that's a pretty interesting uh, concept. Um, and then on the PGA Tour side, I, I think it's, I, I don't know. I, I don't love the idea. I, I feel like this is, you know, adding these events, adding all this money, just throwing it out there and the way they're doing it, I think it's just a, a very, it's a very rushed move. I don't think it's very, cal- it's very short-term calculated. And I think they really should have just kind of ran out the rest of the year and during this rest of the season kind of thought about, okay, how can we make, you know, how can we put a little bit more prize money in? How can we incentivize these players to stay and then done it? I don't want to say right or wrong because we don't know how this is going to shake up yet until we see it, but let's make sure we have a better understanding of how it's going to work and roll it out next year. Um, I feel like whatever they're doing this year could come off as just very rushed and very kind of just thrown out there, telephoned in. I mean, I, I just don't feel like it's going to be well thought out, and that could backfire a little. Um, but it's exciting to see that the PGA is at least willing to look at change and not just say we're going to put our foot in the ground and this is it. They're looking at, hey, like we can evolve too. Let's see how we can make things either more exciting or different or more enticing to the players and fans. So that part of it I, I really do like. Yeah, I look back at something uh, Ricky Fowler said pretty early on in all these talks he was like right now i think pga tour is the best place to play do i think some changes can be made to make it better yeah and i think that's kind of what we're seeing now like i think the pga tour probably had plans to put this in place and to raise um the prize money that's involved with some of these events and i think this all just kind of fast-tracked it like at the end of the day they're running a business they want to protect the business and they want to protect the people that are riding with them on the PGA tour and staying committed to the PGA tour. So it's like, you know, how about a little something for the effort over here? Like we're staying, um, you know, <laughs> toss a little more, a little more money my way, which I don't think more money floating around on the PGA tour is a bad thing. I just want to make sure, you know, yeah. for me as a fan that it's going to be ultra competitive, that the players are into it, that it's not just like throwaway money grab tournaments that, you know, they want to win and they're passionate about winning and, like keeping up with the legacy of the PGA tour, which is what they've been talking about the whole time. Like make sure the tournaments do have a place in history that it matters to the players that are actually playing in it. Cause that's the huge knock against live. I mean, is it great for the players that they're getting huge sums of money, lump sums up front and they're competing and they don't really have to play well over there to get the money. Like, yeah, that's great for them and their families, but that doesn't leave us as fans in a great spot. Cause it's like, or watching people no. or not watching people, you know, whatever your stance is on it. You're watching people <laughs> who don't really care about the outcome of the event, and that just, as a fan, that just hurts. You know what I mean? So I, I think they're doing it the right way. Like, obviously it looks like 
a reactive move, but I'm sure that plans were in place to increase prize uh, money, and it was just fast-tracked, which is fine. I mean, it looks like backpedaling and everyone's saying, like, oh, Phil was right, Phil was right, and it's like, yeah, I mean, kind of forced their hand probably a little quicker than they wanted, but in the end, I think it's better for the PGA Tour players, and hopefully it's better for the fans, you know? That's yeah. my that's my two cents. I, I, on I'm it. with you on that. I mean, I, I I am really with you on that, and I think I think you're right. I mean, when you look at uh, you know some of the live stuff and some of these guys that have come out and said, yeah, I, just, I don't want to play as much golf. I don't, you know, I kind of don't care, whatever. That makes me want to watch that stuff less, even if it is yeah. a different little different format or it's a little different setup. You know, I want to watch the guys that like like a guy like JT or Rory or River. Like those guys, like they want to win at all costs, and it. You know they're willing to play for either less money or whatever because they want to have at the end of the day the best resume they can possibly have when they hang up the you know hang the bag up for good and, and call it a career. So I, I think you're right, and I think like you said, I mean to me this looks like a little bit of a rush decision from the PGA, but I think there could be some really cool stuff done with getting you know getting players to qualify for these different events and things like that that could really hype it up. And as a fan, you could get really excited rooting for kind of your favorite players to either qualify or win or be competitive, whatever, I think there's a whole other side of kind of rooting for the players you like and, uh, you know, in this new format or in these new tournaments or these events. Uh, and, and also, too, I'd love to see, you know, the the lower-end guys. You know, I'd, I'd love to see some money, you know, on the back end, you know, not necessarily just winning and, oh, wow, you won $3 million now. How about a little bit money for the guys who, you know, unfortunately they, they make the cut, but they're not, you know, they're the bottom half. I mean, they got caddies to pay. They got stuff like that. Let's you know. I wouldn't mind seeing those guys making a little more. Caddies making a little more. You know, just overall seeing a little more money put in there for for even those guys, not just necessarily the winners. And I just thought of this comparison. I don't know if this comparison is already floating around, but just popped in my head, so I figured I'd say it. I think like, you know, the more top players go over there, and people are saying like, well, I want to watch the top players play in one tournament. And so their case would be like, Liv is getting a lot of top players, so ipso facto, we're all going to watch. But it's like, how many people really watch the All-Star game? It's like, that's a collection of top players, but they don't care about winning. And the product itself suffers because it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of just a celebration of how good we are at that point. Like, I want to watch the NBA Finals. I want to watch the NCAA Championship where guys will do anything to win and it's about winning the event it's not about just you know oh let's collect because we're all good at golf and let's collect a bunch of money you know what i mean like that doesn't make for entertainment it just doesn't make me feel good as a golf fan but either way we can continue on to that's 100 percent true man continue on to other things now i I like that because i'll tell you what i will watch any nfl playoff game before i'll ever watch the Pro Bowl. I ain't watching the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I mean, okay, and buy it. I'm not watching. I don't the Pro Bowl. care. I don't care if you put. <laughs> yeah, you could be like, hey, I'll pay you twenty bucks to go watch the Pro Bowl. Like, yeah, no, I'd rather watch this playoff game for free. Are you yeah. kidding me? I'll scroll on Twitter so, and like, I think you got a point. Notice, uh, notice the jerseys that year or something like that, and just see what's going on. But I'm not putting it on <laughs> yeah. the actual station. Um, either way, big, no. big no. equipment launch. Titleist. Yep. The drivers in Fairway Woods are officially unveiled out on tour. TSR is the name. It's TSR 2, TSR 3, TSR 4 for the drivers. Then we got a little shakeup in the Fairway Woods. We got TSR 2, 
TSR2 Plus and TSR3. I'm sure you've seen photos. Um, I don't know if you've seen them in person or not, but I'm sure that you've seen photos. What's your take? What do we got, Nuts? Uh, yeah, have, have have not seen uh, in hand, unfortunately. Uh, I was not out there with uh, you and Greg, so I did not get to uh, put them in my hand yet. Uh, but overall, my first impressions, uh, I, they're definitely Titleist. Uh, I like that they have kind of a minimal uh, kind of look to them, a little bit like you know TSI, you know, TSI series. Uh, overall, I think the shapes are, again, super classic, very mm-hmm. Titleist. Uh, interesting to see that TSR-4 is part of the initial launch. Yeah. Uh, because that was always typically a little later in the line. Uh, yeah, like But not seeing later. a TSR-1. Like May. Didn't yeah. they used to drop it so, like, way late? Yeah. Yeah, it was like it was usually way later. So usually, I, I thought when this launch was going to happen. Now, granted, this is on tour, so TSR one is not something that those guys will ever play. Yeah. But I thought we'd see one, two, three, and then maybe four a little bit down the line. So very interesting that we didn't see a one, but we see two, three, and four. Uh, but I think they look really good. I mean, uh, the three still has the uh, the weight track uh, on the back. Um, they still have uh, you know the the same like I said shape, gloss black. We did. I don't know. If, I don't think we got any details yet. We don't know if there's carbon on the crown, which I know a lot of people were hinting at that they may go to multi-material. Uh, looks like they're still running the ATI face. Uh, the graphics on there look very, you know, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I think, uh, you know, different enough where it's brand new, but it's still Titleist when you look at it. Even if there was no logo, you would look at it and say, you know, this is Titleist. So, uh, you know, I, I think overall a really good line. If you know, you got to think they're going to perform well, and if they perform, you know, like TSI did, and they, they're they're even a little better now. Uh, they're going to be absolute cannons uh, out there. So, uh, but overall, I, I like the look. I like the look a lot. I think this was a big don't mess it up year for Titleist. Like the yeah. TSI was such a world beater, such a great driver. Free agents were playing Titleist drivers, whereas you know, in years immediately prior, probably not the case. Um, but I will give some inside scoop from what I heard out on tour. I talked to a bunch of different players just to kind of get their initial reactions. Obviously, it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the first time a lot of these guys are hitting the product. Um, I'm sure some guys tested it when it was still in prototype phase, but this was the first look at it. Like, this was the official launch. Um, So 18 guys ended up switching into the TSR, the driver. Wow, which I think really? is a, a pretty solid wow, fresh that's lead. A lot. And that kind of goes to show um, that it's slightly better. And everyone I talked to kind of said the same thing. It sounds a little better. It feels a little better. And it's about a mile per hour to two miles per hour faster. Pretty much everyone I talked to said the same exact thing. Um, and that was about eight different guys, maybe ten different guys, all saying... You know, I'm not sure if I'm going to put it in yet. It's the first week. I need a little time to make sure it's tweaked, got the hosel settings right, the right shafts in it, got internal weighting right. You know, get me dialed. But it feels, sounds, and <laughs> performs just, like, slightly better. I mean, they didn't mess anything up. They didn't make any drastic changes to profiles. Um, I think the look is kind of just a little bit cleaner. I think it looks really sleek, really cool. So I think they really just took the TSI and improved it a little bit. I have no idea what the TSR. I don't know what the R stands for. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure people are speculating all over the internet right now what the R stands for. But 
in terms of big name switches, Jordan Spieth switched to the TSR three at ten degrees. Um, Charles Howe the third threw in a TSR three ten degree head. Um, I guess it depends on what you consider big names, but it was eighteen guys, and then so that was the driver. Now the three wood, still a lot. I was hearing some really good things about the three wood. Pretty much to a man, everyone I asked was like, the three wood's really good this year. And I was like, well, what's different? And they were like, it's <laughs> pretty significantly higher launching and spin is okay. not increasing. So got a nice high launch out of that. Distance is solid. And then stopping the ball on par fives using the stopping power of the landing angle. They also extended the grooves at, well, I guess they didn't extend the grooves out, but they're full face grooves where you can see like the white paint in each of the grooves. You know what I mean? From a dress. And that's not how the three woods yep. looked last year. I'm pretty sure they blacked the paint out in the center of the face of the three woods last year. Right. Yeah. yeah so, they did. I was, I was just thinking about, I was like, yeah, TSI, TSI three was blacked out. Yeah. Everyone was pretty fired up about that. I know uh, Lonto Griffin, especially, I was curious to see what he ended up switching to because he was like, listen, I like all the models that I've hit so far and the lofts. He was like, I just got to figure out which one I'm going to play. <laughs> he ended up switching, this is Lonto Griffin, the TSR3, 16 and a half degree. I know he was kind of going back and forth, Ooh. so I was just personally curious because I was talking to him at length a little bit. But he was like crazy fired up. He's like, dude. This three wood's really good. <laughs> you know, people don't usually get like that fired up about new product. They kind of try to downplay it just in case they don't throw it in play. But he was no questions asked. He's throwing that thing in play. Um, That's I guess in terms of like fan feedback, comments and forum thread wise, like what do you see in there? I know people were kind of hoping for the, the triangle alignment laminate on the crown instead of the the text people listen i get it that was that was the 983k a lot of the classic titleist drivers had that um on the crown but other than that i mean what are what are people saying i haven't really looked at all that yeah i mean yeah for the most part i mean uh uh, most people are super excited uh they, they 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 i mean I think people understand this is Titleist. You're not going to see crazy colors. You're not going to see wild changes and crazy materials all over. Like that's just not their thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think people are, are very excited for uh, you know for for these models. And I think you know the how good TS was and then TSI and now TSR. I think people are really you know excited to try these and see what the improvements are. Uh, an interesting uh, note. I mean, you'll get a couple of people who say like, "Oh, they're going to be two percent better." Like. <laughs> Okay, we get it. Like they're not going to be, you know, you're not going to gain 50 yards. If That's you've where we're at in the industry right like, now. We get that, you know. Yeah, that's just where we're at. But uh, but no, everybody's uh, everybody's you know pretty excited about the shapes. Uh, people are, I think, a lot of people are kind of excited about the TS4 now, seeing that it's got two movable weights. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's now a low spin option that could add a little forgiveness uh, if you can put you know maybe a heavy weight in the back or something like that. Uh, I think that two plus has a a lot of people's interest sparked. It looks to be a little bigger, a little deeper face, um, and I think people are looking at that maybe kind of that mini ish driver, that absolute cannon uh, off the tee for those short par fours and things like that. 
Um, but overall, yeah, I think uh, a lot of the membership, uh, the forum members, are, are pretty excited to uh, to get their hands on them, and so far they're liking what they're seeing from the photos. Yeah, I'm not seeing in the in the list that title is sent over. At least I'm not seeing any of the TSR two pluses. So I'm going to be very interested to try it myself and just see what it's all about. Obviously, I'm a mini driver supporter, so if it's anything like that, <laughs> I'm probably going to like it. Um, but yeah, big Titleist launch. Like that was the buzz around around the course. Everyone's opening up their little bubble wrap of of their driver heads twisting on shafts and they were out there testing so it was really fun just to kind of see the guys happy to test some some new product um obviously with a little u.s open hangover going on out there it was it was fun to get some intrigue and what else on the titleist front what else needs to be said about it i mean i don't think i will say the the one interesting i just want to say real quick before i forget yeah um I held them in my hand. I know people are talking about maybe it being a carbon fiber crown. I couldn't see that. So they either hit it or yeah. did something internally. Um, I'll just say from, from my vantage point, I literally know nothing about the tech. Titleist has not talked to me about the tech. I don't know what changes they've made. Obviously, they've done something because everyone's commenting about feeling sound. But to me, the the crown doesn't look any sort of carbon fiber-ish. So that's just my take on that. Yeah. N- none of the pictures look you – can, you can't tell either. I mean, you got you and Greg were taking pictures in, like, direct sunlight. I mean, they're, it's yeah. direct sunlight, and you, you can't really tell. A uh, couple interesting things that, I, that, that I'll take away from, especially fairway woods. One, none of them have the, uh, the channel anymore, that arc channel, mm. uh, right behind the face on the sole. Yep. Uh, where the 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 TS two TS three or TSI two three both had those. Uh, neither one of those are there anymore, which is interesting. I don't know what they've changed in terms of the the face the face flexing. Uh, what they're doing technology wise there. And the other thing too is TS two with the weight that used to be in the back is now pushed forward, and it's all you know a little closer to the face. Uh, it's not as far back as it was, um, which is kind of interesting because TS. TSR2, you would think, was going to be a little more forgiving, higher launching, uh, easier to hit one. And then uh, TSR3, uh, again, loses that kind of flex, uh, that, that channel there. But it has a few more adjustments in terms of the movable weight on the sole. So before, <laughs> you just had toe, neutral, heel. And uh, now you've got basically a neutral, two in the heel, two in the toe. So you can kind of fine-tune that, uh, that weight. Uh, a, a little further, it looks like uh, on there. So, uh, and like I said before, TS4, uh, TSR4 having two movable weights, one up front, but uh, behind the face, and the other on the very back. Uh, that'll be interesting to see what uh, what you can do with that. But uh, the the face or the added dress shots that you, that uh, you and Greg took look great. They pretty much look pretty similar to the uh, the, the product they're replacing. There's little shaping differences here and there, uh, depending on what you're looking at. But uh, for the most part. You know you're gonna look down, and these things are gonna have that classic Titleist shape. So, yeah, I'm excited to uh, to try them as well. Uh, I, I definitely want to get my hands on uh, a few of these and and pound a few uh, biscuits out there and see what happens. Pound a few practice nuggets. Um, I'm obviously not That's right. a golf club designer. I'm not an engineer, but my guess would be like we're seeing a lot of different uh, weighting things change. You know, moving weights, kind of adding more. Uh, weight changing capability my guess would be 
getting rid of that active recoil recoil channel or um, whatever the channel is up front, I think that adds a lot of structure and it almost raises CG would be my guess. So kind of getting rid of that um, internal structural um, channel, I would think would free up weight to be able to be used elsewhere. And that might be why they're higher launching as well because maybe they figured out how to drop CG a little bit and they figured out how to get that face to flex and um, like produce the ball speeds and the forgiveness, the MOI that they were looking for without having the recoil channel. That would be my guess. I have no confirmation of that whatsoever. I'm just kind of thinking about it now that you brought that point up. Um, So that would make sense to me. And literally everyone was saying it was – uh, slightly higher launching, so yeah. obviously something no, that's, something that's worked. Point, if that I mean. was the goal, it worked. <laughs> yeah, you you made a good point. I mean, I, I agree with you there. I mean, I think getting rid of that uh, that channel is uh, is definitely a weight saving. Could be a weight saving play, and you know we could learn. Well, I mean, we'll probably learn about it sometime in the near future. We will learn about it sometime <laughs> so, in the no, near future really. for sure. But for now, it's just tour yeah. seating and tour validation. Everyone's given their feedback. Um, I'm not sure at this point in the game if Titleist can make changes to, I'm sure, a product that will be coming out at retail. But for now, everyone's testing, and that's that's the process. So look forward <laughs> in the in the coming weeks for um, Titleist guys to be to be testing. Maybe some free agents testing. Something that we'll probably keep an eye on at least um, for the coming weeks as it's new. Now, there was something else new out this week, which actually we've seen a lot of already in tour players' bags. But this week was the official PGA Tour launch of the Callaway Jaws Raw Wedges, which we've already seen in the bags of Kevin Kisner, Mark Leishman, Xander, and uh, I think one other player has been um, using those wedges as well. But this was the official launch. Um, so we finally got some tech information. The faces are confirmed raw, as the names would yep. imply. There also is a black <laughs> version, which I saw in Brian Stewart's bag at the U.S. Open, which I believe I put in the forum, so people did know there was a, a black version out there. Um, now, is this the club that you might have had in your bag today for your nine-hole match? Is this the <laughs> is this the equipment? Because you didn't say anything about the driver, so I'm assuming. You have yeah. first-hand experience with the uh, Jaws Raw wedges, and then we'll get into some tech. But let's hear your first-hand experience first. Uh, I did. I had a I had a Jaws Raw uh, wedge, and it was in the plasma black. I think they call it. Is it plasma black? I yeah, that's what they're calling it. Yep. Uh, the actual name of it. And I had the sixty Z grind, which is the new. Uh, z, uh, new grind they have, which is pretty interesting. It's got like a kind of a, a beveled leading edge, uh, and then it's got just it's got a wider sole in it, but it's got a little bit of trailing edge, a lot of a lot of toe trailing edge relief, not as much as at least visually that you can like see in the heel, but it's got some trailing edge heel toe relief, um, and it uh, so far I I hit two absolutely amazing shots with it, uh, one of which I. Little par four, pounded a three wood down there. Had one nineteen into the green. Have to hit it over some water. There's a little creek that runs in front. Uh, proceeded to belay a pitching wedge just straight over the green, uh, which was really nice. 
and uh, had a big old bushy tree in front of me, which is really great, and then had a big old tree in front of me uh, that I basically looked at, and I was like, well, I could try to run this thing underneath and whatever, but I'm like, I'm back far enough from it. Like, I, I think I can get over and hit that wedge out of the rough, which the rough wasn't, like, nasty because it's kind of starting to dry out a little here. It hasn't rained in a while. And uh, hit that bad boy straight up over the tree, landed, hit it to about 10 feet. Let's go. And, uh, I, yeah, I guess uh, Great shot, even nuts. a little downhill, it, it stopped pretty much stopped pretty much right there. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't make the 10-footer, but, you know, tapped in for, for a bogey. And then uh, on the 15th hole, hit it into the left greenside bunker, and it flat out plugged. So just a nasty uh, little fried egg. And... Uh, Pop that bad boy clean out of there. Good, I mean, really good float with that uh, that sole uh, through the sand because St. Clair, the St. Clair Shores Golf Course, they put a little sand in the bunkers, baby. Okay. It's, uh, it's, it's not here. rock hard cement like it used to be. There's a little bit of sand in there now. Good for you, man. And uh, but got that got the thing out with no problem. Uh, I mean, it caught a little downhill slope, you know, uh, as it came out. So it again rolled to about ten feet, and uh, I literally burned the like it actually lipped it uh, a little bit as I, uh, I just missed that putt so but both uh I hit a couple other shots with it as well and I tell you what it, it's got good feel to it uh it feels pretty soft seems to have a good amount of bite even out of the rough uh it, it seems to spin pretty well um so yeah overall so far pretty impressed with it like I said only hit hit a handful of shots with it today not a ton but uh it's it's overall so far first impression is uh it's pretty nice so I think uh the Z grind is like obviously the biggest addition to the line not talking about any sort of tech changes um there is like a huge bevel kind of right up to that leading edge which basically makes it chunk proof is my understanding like it's a low bounce wedge but it's got a lot of bounce right up front to kind of keep you from digging too much into the turf so yeah maybe watch out for the blades and which you had a problem with but (laughs) i don't think chunking should be an issue but I'm sure the more you get used to that wedge, the more confident you'll be like going in and digging out of the turf because you won't have to worry about chunking it. I think that's the point of the grind, and that's basically what was told to me about you know how it came about. Um, now, yeah. in terms of some and of it, the tech changes, um, obviously a raw face. So the back yep. of like the chrome version is obviously finished in chrome, but the face is raw. So there's none of that finish in between the ball and the grooves. So it adds that little bit more friction. Um, I know there's huge arguments about whether rust actually adds spin or it doesn't add spin. You know, that's one of those 50-50 you ask each golfer and one says, yes, rust helps. One says rust doesn't. Um, (laughs) If you talk to any like wedge designers pretty much in the industry, they're going to tell you rust doesn't really matter. It's more about having the raw face and not having a finish in between the grooves so that you know, when the ball slides up the face, it can really dig on to the, the edge of the grooves. Um, they do have very sharp wall angles. The new Callaway wedges, I believe, uh, 37 degrees. And they also have, like, their little groove-in-groove groove technology is kind of at an angle so yeah. that when you open the face, you kind of get that extra little dig or uh, extra added friction on the face when you throw it all the way open. So no matter what, like, angle it sits at, you know, you're getting that nice grab on the grooves um they did make a change to the head profile overall a much straighter leading edge which 
They were yep. saying basically all their tour players were asking for. They prefer that head shape. I talked to Mark Leishman personally. He said, I used to grind the leading edge of my wedges to be straighter. So he was obviously on board yeah. with, the, with the profile change, <laughs> and it definitely is a lot straighter. So if you like that more iron-type look rather than like the really rounded leading edge of a, of a wedge, these are definitely going to be your style. And then there's also some progressive um, hosel lengths going on here. So the high lofted wedges, I just want to make sure I have this right. The high lofted wedges have a really long hosel, which is kind of offset by um, tungsten weighting out on the toe. I mean, the point is to kind of get that CG out away from the heel a little bit more into the toe section so it's centered on the face while also kind of raising the CG of the high lofted wedges because, you know, you want to hit that low penetrating ball flight with a lot of spin. Now, on the lower lofted wedges, the hosel is a little bit shorter. You obviously want, like, your 46 or your 52, something that you're going to be hitting mostly from the fairway um, as an approach wedge, not like you're trying to manipulate shots and hit little stingers. These are mostly shots you're hitting from the fairway. You want those to be a little bit higher. So you want that CG to be a little bit lower. So they drop the hosel length down a little bit. And then there's no tungsten on like the 56 and 52. And then I think they have one tungsten weight on the 56 and the hosel length is in between long and short. So an interesting little weight configuration kind of manipulating CG there. Um, It's really all based on tour player feedback and what those guys want, how amateurs and pros play their wedge shots. Like 60, you want it to fly a little lower. 46, you want it to fly a little higher. So all the changes make sense to me and giving the people a raw face. It's what people want. People want the raw face. Yeah. Yeah, that's what people want. Just, we, we pulled them all. That's what they want. Um, that's what they want. But no, it, it's really. I, I will say one thing too, too about the raw face. So I was, uh, I was trying to get some some of the faces to rust. Uh, they sent us some media samples. We put some photos up uh, mm-hmm. uh, as well that from our in hands. And uh, when you spray a liquid on the face, it definitely dissipates way different than like a chrome wedge. Uh, like it kind of. I don't know if it funnels into the grooves or what, but like it kind of funnels off the flat sections of the face. You're saying on the black wedge, uh, a lot quicker. Yeah, on the black one. Yeah, okay. when I sprayed it, it was like kind of like it would funnel away real quick. So I think you know, like you said, the rust part—that's a debatable thing of, of yes or no for more, for more spin. Uh, but I think in terms of handling moisture, at least from the black one, uh, it, it looks like or the black finish. It looks like it kind of moves that moisture away from the flat sections of the face into the grooves or away uh, a little faster than, you know, like I said, like a chrome wedge or something like that where droplets seem to just sit on top. This kind of like, you know, you can watch the liquid kind of like, you know, almost move away, uh, which was kind of cool. But, yeah, I mean, I I think these things are going to be, uh, you know, said from from me hitting them uh, today, at least just the 60 degree. Uh, they seem to spin really well, even out of the rough. Uh, you know, out of the fairway, they they bite pretty well. And uh, I do, I, I do agree. I like the shaping a lot better than the uh, than the Jaws MD five. The five for me was just it was a little long heeled the toe, and like you said, it just had a leading edge that came into the hosel a little different. And uh, this straighter leading edge, uh, it, it almost looks a little shorter heel to toe than the five did. But uh, I, I really like the the look a lot, and I think so far with nine holes in them, uh, it performs pretty well. So I'll try to uh, hit them a little more before I, you know, give you my final verdict. 
Callaway also made it a point to discuss like the par area, like the area between the leading edge and the hosel, kind of eliminating that hook. Like they kind of wanted it a little yep. bit flatter and smoother. I don't know if you noticed that. I haven't personally hit the wedges yet, but it did seem from the the shots I was taking in hand, like the photos I was taking, that it did look pretty smooth to me. I don't think I've ever been like super thrown off yeah. by the the par area, like the hook. I'm usually thinking like over a wedge shot, hey, don't chunk it. But you know, the, guy, <laughs> the guys who uh, who really get in the weeds with with how the par area looks, they they went out of their way to make sure it was smooth. I will say that. Yeah. And, and like I said, you're, you're 100% right. It's definitely better because that is one of the things that, for whatever reason, my eye goes directly to that when I first pick up a club by anybody is I want to see that transition between from the hosel into the leading edge. And, and I'm not going to lie, Callaway has not always been uh, a wedge or, or even some irons that I've really liked looking at Okay, uh, just from that part of it. Um, and recently – they have done a much better job to my eye of, of kind of cleaning that up and, like I said, making it a little straighter, a little less busy, not as much curvature to it. And it's something that I personally like. I'm not, you know, like I said, I can speak for me. I don't know how everybody else feels, but uh, like I said, that was always something with me, especially Callaway short irons and iron sets. It just, that that part never looked right to me. And, and they're definitely uh, improved over the past few years. Well, they heard your concerns. Um, I will say when I pick up a golf club for the first time, I'm going to knock on wood super hard right here, but I always miss it out towards the toe. So my eye kind of goes out towards the toe. I want to see what the high toe looks like, what the leading edge looks like. I'm not really looking at the hosel section too much. I just want to make sure it doesn't have too much offset (laughs) to where I'm over the ball thinking like I'm going to hook this off the planet. So I might just, you know, give a glance to offset, make sure we're good, but I'm mostly focused on the the toe area that's like really important to me um getting something that something that i like looking at that's with irons you know drivers all through the bag that's kind of just what i'm focused on because i tend to play a a toe draw so <laughs> now, now after having said I, this I that's why mean. i'm knocking on wood because it's like probably the next time i go out i'll have the shanks i'll be hitting hosel rockets all over the place but normally not not my problem <laughs> usually all over the toe um, so those okay. were the two, two big equipment launches right there. Now me and Greg, we're, we're out shooting what's in the bags as we do talking to some of the reps. Um, I'll just give a quick little rundown. Um, obviously the U S right, open be- last before week. Before you do that. Oh, Oh, before you do that, go ahead. We jump into those. What's in the bag. Talk to him. Just want to let everybody know. Hey, Bridgestone golf, brand new line of tour B golf balls. Mm. And you know what? They got a brand new Reactive IQ cover. So Reactive IQ is a smart cover technology that reacts to the force of impact. More spin with the, the wedges around the green, less spin off the driver, long iron, stuff like that. So go to BridgestoneGolf.com, check out the new Tour B golf balls, and uh, give that Reactive Reactive IQ cover a try, a, a, a test of your own. In uh in their ad so, read that they sent over, did they have quote unquote stuff like that written out, or was that an ad? That was an ad. No. <laughs> that was a little. Uh, that was just something I came up with. That was a, a that was a nuts special. You know, I like it. Yeah. You know, everybody makes chili a little different. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's all delicious. It makes it a little different. That's great. That was good co-host work, <laughs> calling me off and and uh, 
getting that ad read in from our wonderful sponsors. Yeah. Um, I knew we were going to get dirty into the the deep and dirty into the the what's in the bag. So I'm like, uh, you know, you got to stop the train from rolling real quick. Yeah, we're not going to get we're not going to get crazy dirty. Um, I just have a couple couple highlights that I wanted to get through, and uh, then we could get out get out of here. You can go enjoy your weekend. But I did personally shoot Tony Finau's What's in the Bag this week. Um, it had been it had been a while since I actually shot it myself because usually Greg takes care of uh, he does about thirty two what's the bags per week so that usually leaves me with, with just a couple <laughs> but <laughs> um, he has some of the fattest grips of all time so he plays Lampkin mid grips but he he also yeah. throws a bunch of wraps under there and especially with the driver <laughs> I mean he must have twelve wraps underneath that grip. Like, oh. No joke. And he does play those custom uh, green with the yellow cords. I mean, they're sharp-looking grips. They're just really big. Yeah, that that was a, a Lampkin, Lampkin UTX they did for the Masters okay. uh, a few years ago. It was like a limited edition. Uh, and, yeah, he's been rocking them ever since. And they are. They're sweet. They're kind of like, yeah, white. They got like a or green, white cap on the top at the butt end. And then I think they have like kind of like a little yellowish cord running through them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, they're really slick. Um, they're, they're pretty cool. But you're right there. Looking at the photo you took of it, it's just like – bulges out yeah like you gotta just look at that photo you can just tell how many wraps are under there it's it's actually wild and it's a mid it's a mid-sized grip as well um he must be a big masters guy because he's still got the um the masters ping special head covers too and i was holding those a little bit they are so fluffy soft they're like marshmallow head covers really yeah and i said something he was like (laughs) yeah man those head covers are no joke they're so soft (laughs) it's like yeah (laughs) <laughs> I wish my pillow was that soft. Well, the other thing I noticed, the other thing I noticed about the grip too, like just looking at the photo you took, there's very little taper to it. It looks like he that not mm-hmm. only do they put a ton of wraps on it, it looks like they put a bunch of wraps under the lower hand, the right hand, yeah, because it, it is very little taper uh, down there, if any, uh, down to the right hand. I did notice that as well. Um... I think the three wood's really interesting. Obviously, he's a pink staffer, but he he is playing a Callaway three wood. I talked to a Callaway rep over there, and this is basically the John Rahm uh, prototype, triple diamond yeah. T, I believe. And if you just look at the face, you can see clearly clearly a different uh, setup. Turf interaction definitely way different from the retail models. Uh, looks a bit more versatile, like if you're into shaping the ball, which I would assume if you're hitting three wood, like especially off the tee, that's kind of what you're looking for. Looking to hit little low cuts, little high draws, mixing it up for the people. This definitely looks like one of those <laughs> one of those clubs that you can do it with. Um, I have it on good authority. His shaft is tipped two inches on that thing, and oh, it's got about geez. thirteen point. Two five degrees of loft on it, I believe, which essentially means I'm not getting that that three wood airborne if I'm hitting it off the off the deck. So that's nice. <laughs> and, and that's that's a Diamante D plus limited eighty. Yep, that's one of those TX, no joke type clubs. Tour right X there. TX tip two inches. That's yeah. I mean that's that's insanity right there. But I, I don't love the look of that John Rom three wood. Personally, just okay. a thing. Tell them how you the feel. The way that the the way 
Yeah, the the way the face is on it, at least at least from the address photos that that you know you you've taken and stuff like that, it's just for a fourteen degree head. It, it looks like the face is a mile long, from from sole up to the top line, and you just see a lot of loft on it. And it's something about that shape. I just I don't know. And and the, and the back end of it is very, it's very rounded. And by that, I mean, like, it's like a perfect circle they cut in half and slap it on the back. And usually fairway woods have a little taper to them, a little pear shape, something like that. This, like, has none of that. And it's just not a, a three-wood that I look at and say, yeah, I'm going to pound, you know, I'm going to hit this thing great. Like, I'm going to pound this thing. It's going to be... It's just not a fairway that would I have a whole lot of confidence in if I was to hit it. Yeah, well, why don't you tell that to John Rahm's face? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tell him I don't like it. And then... He, uh... he, it, evidently, it evidently works for him. Not me. I don't think it would work for me either. Very intimidating club to look down at. I'm not a fairway wood fan in general, so I'm probably out on that one as well. But kind of going down through the bag, <laughs> he obviously still has the uh, Vapor Fly Pro with some lead tape back there. I did ask him about it. I was like, how many backups you got of this thing? Like, how many you just got laying around? He was like, I literally only have one. He's like, but the first one I had lasted me about six to seven years before it caved. He's like, I'm hoping to get another six to seven out of this thing, and then I'll have one more. So he's like, you know, should be able to take me to the the end of my career. (laughs) I just think it's so funny. He still rocks that. like, And that's one of those popular clubs that that stays around in players' bags. Something about that Vaporfly Pro driving iron. I don't know what it is because there's plenty of driving iron options that have come out since then that – I think are really good options, but you know, when you look at it from a dress, not a lot of offset, there's nothing off putting about it. Obviously has that, uh, the black finish on the head. So it looks pretty sleek to me. Um, I get why guys like it. I think it's cool when I see it in the bag, puts a smirk on my face, but just from a performance standpoint, you would think they would have found something better, but obviously not because he has no plans on taking that thing out of the bag. And I'm sure Ping, I'm sure Ping has gotten some driving irons in front of him to hit and test, but I don't know. That's one of those you gotta pry it out of his pry it out of his cold dead hands to get that one out of the bag. Yeah, the guys who love that thing are just never getting rid of it. I mean, our boy Brooks still has it. I mean, it is in a few bags, and it will probably never leave until it, like I said, it, it's broken, and then they will finally have to get rid of it. But you're right; there's so many, like every manufacturer right now has some type of utility iron driving iron whatever out there and it's amazing that these guys can't find something else that would you know newer or whatever that's just their boy like the old go-to it's just pretty interesting there's there has to be something about that head that nobody's telling anybody else of why the thing's so good got something in there um now just going through his bag a little bit more just some quick thoughts obviously he doesn't like offset on his blueprint irons because there is none (laughs) i think it's pretty cool he has the uh dst compressor eight iron in there with like the super bent shaft um i think the point is like you're supposed to work on ball compression get your hands out in front of the club uh pretty cool that he has he has that in there also with the lampkin cord grip that has about eight million wraps underneath it (laughs) Um, and then getting down to the putter i did talk to the uh ping putter rep dylan goodwin i believe his name is uh they were looking at making a slight modification to this ping pld head that he's been rolling with it's the one where he has like the drawn on arrow underneath the hosel 
and then he's got like the little white line addition and the little notch between the hosel and the and the top rail. Those are just for address aesthetics, like kind of checkpoint type things, make sure his address and alignment's in the right spot. Um, but they were looking at making a little lead tape addition, adding five grams of weight last week at the U.S. Open because basically he was just saying under pressure he wants a little bit more face awareness. Now the greens last week ended up being a little firm for his liking, and he didn't want that extra speed that the um, – added weight was giving him so i believe he removed it but he did have two different putters in the bag this week one with the lead tape one without so this might be a situation where he kind of goes back and forth for a couple rounds um until he figures out exactly what he wants to go with going forward but i asked him which one's the gamer this week he was like the old one without the lead tape so we'll see (laughs) if the lead tape makes an appearance uh coming down the stretch because it was something where like you know when Games on the line on Sunday, feeling the pressure. He wants that added face awareness. So we'll see if he's in contention on Saturday or Sunday. Maybe the lead tape makes an appearance, and that would be why. Just a little added weight. <laughs> so, quick thing for you before you get into the next one. Okay. What do you think? I, I pulled up while you were going through, I pulled up on eBay Nike Vapor Fly Pro mm-hmm. irons. What do you think that? What do you think the cheapest three iron, just three iron, you can buy? It's shafted. It's got a shaft in it. Um, whatever that you can buy, just three iron on eBay right now. Like basically a replica head of what Finau's playing. Yeah, yeah, just a, a three iron head. You know, Vaporfly Pro. The way the same way you're black. setting it doesn't have the same shaft. It's just the way you're setting this up makes me want to say like three hundred bucks. My real guess would be like forty nine ninety nine, but the way you're setting that question up, it sounds like it's expensive. You are hit the nail on the head. Two ninety nine ninety nine is the cheapest one on eBay right now, and there's not many. Unbelievable. There's like four, and it is the and it is the cheapest one, and it just has like a stock S three hundred in it. Wow, like nothing fancy. There's one that's three hundred and sixty dollars. Uh, that's got like a little upgraded shaft. Uh, there's one that's seven hundred dollars that somebody's trying to get. Uh, with a Kurokagi black. And then there is a two iron that is supposedly Kepka specs, as uh, this eBay ad says, mm-hmm. that they want twelve hundo for it. What is going on with this driving iron? I need to do more research on this. I think I, I need know. to talk to like yeah. either an old Nike designer or I need to test it for myself or something. I don't re- I don't recall ever hitting it personally, and I'm a driving iron guy. No, I it never did. The looks kind of up my alley, actually. Um, I'm certainly not going to buy one on eBay to, yeah. to test it. Twelve hundred bucks for, for a driving bucks. iron. You gotta be kidding me. Good for you if you can get it. Now that is a tour issue two iron, but yeah. Three hundred bucks for your twelve hundred bucks for an iron? <laughs> nah. For a single iron. A single not even like the set. You know, single iron. So uh yeah, if you want to get your uh create your own, you know, Tony Fino special there, that uh, that Vaporfly Pro, be willing to spend about three hundred bucks it's on, yours head, on head. for Five easy payments of $350. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, so just some other highlights real quick. Um, Ricky Fowler, it's like a weekly rotation of putters at this point, but he was testing with – it's basically the same prototype. It's uh, that Cobra mallet like without the wings on the back, but 
slightly different sole plate. I believe they added five grams to the sole weight, and then it's got a really cool little uh, design for his daughter. Uh, got her name on there. Yeah. Some festive flowers, uh, I believe, and then her birth date. Pretty cool. Pretty cool little number. Yep. We'll see how long that putter lasts in there. Um, uh, and I think that putter, I mean, looking at it, it, it does look like, I think it's a new putter. I don't think they just took the old one and put a different uh, sole plate on it. No, I think it's new. The face too, yeah. does look like the, yeah, because the face, the the face, the kind of like the sick groove technology, which I don't know if they're actually using the uh, the sick descending loft technology, but the milling on the face is much better than the original one. I think because I I don't think the photos we were able to get there had were super close on that head, and the face looked like it was kind of had some weird kind of milling or whatever. This one's got a much better milled face to it uh, that does have the four sections, like a sick face. We just don't know if they're actually different lofts. Yeah, I'm sure the original one that he put in was kind of like pieced together at the last second. And then, you know, with more uh, models they produced, you know, they got the hang of exactly what they were looking for, I'm sure. And uh, they made cool little custom (laughs) custom job on on the sole there, so... Pretty cool from Ricky Fowler. And then I just had one other um, what's in the bag I kind of wanted to go through. Let me just pull the photos up. I went through Martin Trainer's bag. It immediately caught my eye because he is still rocking the uh, Wilson Staff Model Blade 2 iron. And anytime I see a Blade yeah. 2 iron in the bag, I'm going to look. And I started looking, looking a little more at his bag. I was like, cool little raw wedges and finally i asked his his uh his caddy lumberzack on instagram um i was like all right i think i'm gonna have to shoot a full what's in the bag here and i'm happy i did because (laughs) i took the driver cover and the fairway wood cover off and he's got the wilson staff model wilson lab uh driver and three wood the driver six and a half degrees Oh, yeah. I mean, he hits the ball pretty hard. Um, Obviously, you don't want the ball skyrocketing too high and losing control of trajectory. Six and a half is shockingly low. I mean, that's that's getting into Bryson territory. And I just think those Wilson clubs look pretty clean. Like they got the matte black. I think they have a really nice shape. Looking looking down at them from a dress. Um, little carbon fiber on the crown for the driver. Nice clean look on the three wood. No alignment lines or marks to be seen there. So I don't know. I just think Martin Trainer's setup is uh, kind of a gamer setup. I respect what he's got going on. So I just want to make a note of that. <laughs> it, it it is sneaky good. Um, and the funny thing is, like these Wilson Labs. I remember we saw him with Woodland. Right when he signed, like he had, like mm-hmm. you know, he's testing out some of these Wilson Lab drivers. I don't and all think that. they lasted. And they have kind of crazy. S- no, no, they didn't. And, and it's interesting because, like, we see him pop up, we see him get tested a lot, but like it, we've never seen anything in retail that looks anything like it. I know from Wilson, which is the interesting part. Like, there's never been like a version of that club that ever ma- has made it to retail that we can buy, and it's like. Why are you giving? I mean, we understand. Why are you giving these guys something different than what you're selling to the public? And it's because none of us need a six and a half degree driver right. um, to play. But 
it, it, give us a 10 degree know, option, though. Wilson, the story of yeah, exactly. Come on, a we can handle. Five. We can handle the ten. Um, it looks really clean. <laughs> but it'd be interesting to know, like, what part of the tech out of these heads goes into mm-hmm. the D nines and you know right. whatever the the retail drivers because they look so different. And uh, like you said, I think the driver looks really good. He's playing that uh, that what is it, the Kylie or Kylai uh, blue? I say Kylie, uh, which isn't out yet. Uh, I always say Kylai, but you also whatever. pronounce a lot fun. of uh, uh, a lot of the shaft names wrong, in my opinion. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> that, that hurts. You do. It's um, just one of, one of your things. <laughs> the, he's got the Kylie blue uh, in there, which isn't out yet. I think it's Kylai. Uh, actually, I think looks decent. No, I'm just kidding. Oh God, you know what? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a pretty pretty mean setup. It'd be interesting to see to hit one of those like in a natural loft, like a nine five or ten five or something like that. But uh, overall, yeah, it's a pretty Wilson's just kind of super underrated. I mean, I, I know like a lot of forum, you know, golf to beer X people like they love know and love the irons, um, but you know, I think those woods are probably legit. The wedges are are decent. I've hit them uh, the the Wilson the the staff models. Um, they spin pretty well, and the high toe one was like super easy to hit. You hit it anywhere on the face, and spin like crazy. So uh, they're kind of a sneaky good company. I just love how his uh, staff model wedges, like the sixty degrees, so ground down that he had to restamp sixty onto the sole. Like I just love that. <laughs> I love when there's so much work done to a wedge, you got to restamp the loft so you know what you're hitting. Um, so definitely respect to yeah. Martin Trainer setup. Um, just another shout out, just real quick. We don't have to go through his bag because I don't believe that he's changed anything recently. Um, Cole Hammer is making his PGA Tour debut as a pro. So all the Cole Hammer, really? all the Cole Hammer fans. It seems like that name's been around for like a decade. Yeah. So I was a little, I was a little shocked to hear that it was his PGA Tour pro debut. But we did shoot his what's in the bag. Um, I was talking to the ping rep. He had been playing a dot on his uh, ping PLD prototype putter, like as the, not the top line, but the alignment aid on the top rail. He was playing a dot. He has since switched to a line. I guess they were doing some testing and realized that his aim was just straight up better with the line. And then he changed the milling depth a little bit. He went a little bit more shallow. Um now, with deep face milling, typically you're going to get like a softer feel, more muted sound. Smoother faced, uh, sh- more shallow milling, you're going to get a um, little higher pitch and it'll feel a little bit firmer. So you get a little bit more feedback. And that's kind of what he was looking for. I guess it was a little bit too soft before. So a couple minor little putter changes there. But um, the rest of his bag is up there on golfwrx.com backslash forums, and it is in the tour and pre-release section, along with all the other beautiful what's in the bag photos that Greg shot this week, including some of my own, just a couple. Um, also, check out the <laughs> check out the Titleist TSR uh, drivers and fairway woods. I know people are chirping away in there about you know their thoughts um, on the photos, and then Callaway Jaws Raw. We got a bunch of photos up in there of all the grinds, all the finishes. Um, you want to see what we're talking about with the with the leading edge? Head on over there in the forums. Um, that's all I got this week, Nudson. 
I won't be at John Deere next yeah, week, unfortunately. That's a, that's a, so we're going to be dependent on Greg's photos next week. And then we're headed over to oof, the Scottish oof. Open and I almost said the British Open, the Open Championship at St. Andrews. So Open Championship. we'll be doing, I guess what we should do is like a little, you're good, you're good. a little podcast, like three guys talking golf, me, you, Greg, uh, me and Greg, maybe we'll post up somewhere in the, in the town of St. Andrews <laughs> and do a podcast live from there or something like that. That's pretty awesome, man. That'll be pretty cool. You always be over there. Uh, I will give a shout out to you. I, I do have to say I like uh, uh, Scott Stallings' new putter uh, that you guys got photos of there. He's got the JT knuckle. Uh, the, That's the, right. The knucklehead. Uh, You're a knucklehead. Uh, what is it? The T5 knucklehead. And uh, but he's got a cool, uh, pretty interesting shaft. I, I remember seeing on, on like Instagram, UST uh, is jumping into the graphite putter shaft game as well. Okay. And he's got one of those. Uh, in the in the putter as well, which is kind of cool. You haven't seen many of them around yet, at least. But uh, he's rocking one, and I do say that putter is just kind of a cool putter with that knuckle that knuckle neck, man. It's just it's just kind of a cool putter. You it want just one of those so bad? I know, so. I know. That's you know, your style, too. and that, that that's the thing that kills me. It kind of is. You like the wind now? Just, oh, so, I know you. A little bit, a little bit. I've uh, speaking of putter, I do have another putter uh, on order. I just ordered a putter. Do you want to do like a live unboxing reveal when you get it? I mean, create I mean, some tension. Do don't, don't tell us what it is yet, and then. Yeah, it was. Like uh, it. it was very interesting. It was one of those like, yeah, it's. But I got a new putter coming. It's going to be a few weeks though. So little custom piece. Worry, we'll not worry about it too much yet. A little bit. A little yeah. A little something for the for the boy. <laughs> for the kid. <laughs> so okay. But, so uh, a little no, cliffhanger but, too. But the stomach uh, putter looks a. Uh, yeah, a little cliffhanger to close. And I agree out. with you too. I, I felt like Cole. Ha- I feel like Cole Hammer has been on tour for like ten years. Ten years why, at least. But he's like a veteran in my eyes. Yeah, I mean at least. I actually thought he was jumping to the Champions Tour this year, <laughs> and that's what you were talking about. <laughs> but I guess not. <laughs> oh so. man! All right, that was it from the Travelers Championship. I'm gonna go get some sleep because I wasn't doing any sleep in the Reno Airport. I know that. And I won't see you guys <laughs> do the next same. week from John Deere. We will do a podcast next week. And then look out for the next two weeks, Scottish and uh, the Open Championship. Those will be, those will be fun. Live. Live from. Live. It's going to be me talking to, to, talking to Tursky while he's eating some haggis. <laughs> I will not be eating any haggis. So, is it, was it bangers and mash? That's also what's eat, uh I don't know what the yeah. cuisine is over there. That'll be interesting. I can't wait to hear about you and the cuisine because I know you eat. I won't say that you're the pickiest eater in the world, but you are far pickier than say like I am and some other people. So it'll be really interesting to see you know what your favorite dishes are if you try some of the local fare. Uh, what it is, I'll, I'll be excited to hear back. So that's uh, that's high on my list to talk about when you're over there. I've been over there before. It didn't go great. I'll make sure to keep an open mind this time and uh, report back with some some reviews. So, all right, I love it. All right, Nutson, that was a pleasure uh, podcasting so. with you today. That was two guys talking Likewise. golf. We'll see you next week. <laughs>